sick. If you would like to go grab them, feel free. No, no, we're, we're live, man. We're doing this. We're in. What's up, Jeff? So. I feel like I'm going crazy. Welcome to Snakes and Stogies, everyone. Episode 55. Justin has an amazing intro that we're having some technical difficulties in launching. Why don't you just launch it now? I mean, I guess I could. as it is in my headphones but it was not that loud on my mind okay no all right it's like blowing out my eardrums so that was that was a badass video <sighs> i like it yeah i'm gonna make some changes to it what's up brad what's up steve so tonight we're joined by brandon from the frosty white north yep her pediculture podcast brandon. from the brothers in the snowy Snowy Hills. Snowy Hills of Calgary, Alberta. Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Fucking love it up there. Everyone got their samplers, it seems like. Everyone seems to be enjoying them. Nice. Glad to hear it. Brandon, what is the temperature up by you right now? It was pretty warm today. It was like 11 degrees or something. (laughs) So, like... For the middle of December, it's super warm. Yeah, it feels like 10 degrees right now. So. Global warming. Yeah, right. Um, so I'm smoking a Kane F straight Lajero, but this is a Lancero. So I figured before we kind of jump into snake stuff, I talk about A, Lanceros, and B, Lajero tobacco. Do it. Um, so Lanceros, a lot of people see these in shops and they think that they're a complete ripoff. If you want a cigar with the most flavor, Lanceros are the way to go. And it's because you have a like a thing called filler to wrapper ratio. So a solid 80 plus percent of a cigar's flavor is going to come from this outside leaf that you see. And so when you shrink it down into a thinner ring gauge, you're getting more of that wrapper and less of the filler and binder inside, which are typically not super high quality tobaccos or anything like that. They're just, they have a certain flavor profile. They blend it. It makes it work. So it's when you get filler. <laughs> when you get into thinner gauges like this, you're getting so much more flavor and uh, don't sleep on this. I mean Oh, there's Billy. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Uh, and then show talk about so you'll see Lajero on a lot of cigar labels, be it LFD, Lajeros, uh, double Lajeros. Um, so that is actually a part of the tobacco plant that that leaf comes from. Um, bring it up. So you can see here on this little graph. Blop, 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 blop. So this is the tobacco plant. So you've got Volado, Seco, Viso, Lajero. Uh, and then I think there's even usually one above this, which is the Media Tiempo. 
And so the lajeros, this leaf from the very top of the plant, these are usually smaller leaves, but they're usually thicker. Uh, so they get the most sun exposure. Um, so typically most Connecticut's too. Uh, they'll be from the, the lower part of the plant where they're a little thinner, but they're bigger. Uh, and then lajero, um, if you're looking for like strong cigars, if it's got lajero in it, it's usually a pretty, pretty uh, potent potent tobacco so can you clip and it says right here what were you gonna say huh it, no, just, it talks about it right here cigar makers use it to add power to a blend usually put lajero in the very center of the filler because it burns slowly nice i was gonna say also if you could click that picture on the top left that has the different colors and leaves in terms of the you know height on the plant a lot of people oh, that too. I'm, people can't even. I'm sitting here thinking the. I'm looking at a completely different page. It's not even screen sharing that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sitting here circling shit and Jesus Christ. So yeah, Lajero because it's got a lower combustion rate uh, goes in the middle a lot of the time too. Um, this is a straight Lajero, so I'm just assuming that it's all Lajero. Uh, what would be called a, a puro. Um, so this kind of shows you what part of the plant goes where. Um, it just it depends. If you see Lajero on a label, it's usually going to be pretty strong. So. And I will say, just because the leaves are lighter or the the wrap is lighter, doesn't necessarily mean that it is indicative of that part of the plant. Uh, I've had some stuff that was Maduro and super light looking. You know, I guess it has to do with sun exposure you know how they dried it or whatever yeah uh, so typically like with your connecticut's and stuff those are lighter because of the way they're grown um you'll see a lot of connecticut shade wrappers come from ecuador uh because that country gets cloud cover like something crazy like 90 percent of the year um and so that cloud cover makes those plants grow a lot smaller the leaves are a lot thinner uh, it's just a more delicate leaf. If they're not grown in, in um, damn, Ecuador, Jesus, uh, they're typically grown under like a cheesecloth, so they don't get full sun exposure. So when you see sun grown, they put that on the label and on the box a lot, and it usually means they are going to be stronger, but sun grown uh, is kind of a general term because if it's not a Connecticut, it's pretty much going to be sun grown. Um, but Connecticut's, you'll see some of them. I mean, I will say they are kind of a lighter smoke, but they're also, oddly enough, kind of a more peppery smoke, typically. You'll see a lot of a lot of Connecticut's kind of have a lot of pepper to them, uh, like black pepper, white pepper. Um, and then, you know, your Maduro's, um, which basically means that leaf has been aged and fermented longer. That's why it has that super dark wrapper. Uh, you'll see the same thing if you see Olor on a, on a label, if you see... Uh, Oscuro on a label. Um, it's more or less a, a different version of, of Maduro. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's a whole thing that, a whole rabbit hole you can go down. But the general rule is just because, like, the darker the cigar, typically the stronger. That's not a hard and fast rule. It is kind of a general rule. And then just because one seems lighter doesn't necessarily mean it will be lighter. I think those Herrera Estelis that everyone got in the samplers are kind of a good 
example of that because they, you know, at first glance they might look a little light. I consider those to be kind of a more of a medium to full, if not on the fuller side. So that's kind of a good one. That like that's that's the example I usually show customers where I'm like, yeah, it could look light, but it it isn't. Um, so. And then Bill asked, is this the expected knowledge level in your industry, or have you chosen to nerd out on it? A um, little bit of both. You kind of have to know these things. It's kind of like I, I compare it a lot to the industry is very much like wine, and I feel like if you're going to work at a cigar shop, you almost have to have sort of a sommelier kind of sort of mentality about it, where you have to know the product, you have to know what people are buying. Like, Well, the good, the good ones, let's put it that way. Yeah. I've been to plenty of cigar shops where the guy had no idea he was talking to. And how frustrating was that? Incredibly. I mean, and I like, guess if you if you smoke and you know what you're looking for. Sure, sure. Thing, you know, and like I'm not just talking about you go in and you say, "Hey, I'm looking for you know a uh, a Liga Privada number nine. You know, like, right. you know, you could say, "Hey, man, where's your Drew Estate stuff?" And the guy says, uh, "I don't think we carry that." Meanwhile, there's a whole wall of you know, underground and, and, and whatever else. And he right. that guy didn't know, or maybe he's new, who knows. Maybe he's just not into it as much as we are. I mean, or you say, I'm looking for a certain size. I'm looking for a, you know, yeah. a Lancero, a Corona, or, and if it's someone who's in cigars for any amount of time, they'll figure yeah. that out eventually. But, yeah. No. Yeah. <clears throat> but again, Justin is an exception because he is thoroughly enthusiastic about it and therefore he has taken it beyond what is honestly in my opinion expected of him as a tobaccoist tobacconist 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 i mean i just i love cigars like i love the fact that you can have the same plant from different parts of the world the way you roll it the way it's grown the way it's um you know how long it's been aged all that stuff completely changes the flavor of it mm -hmm. so. you know what i love Billy Hunt. What's up? Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Yeah, I don't know anything about what you guys are talking about, so just wait till we get to the snake stuff. Yeah, I need to I was going to ask what Brandon's smoking, but then I realized he's in his snake room and it's freezing outside. So Apparently, it's warm for him. 11 yeah. degrees is too much. Yeah, it's yeah. 50 degrees Fahrenheit, so you know it's pretty warm for up here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, y'all are Celsius. I'm sitting here yeah, thinking when, when he said 11, Jesus. I knew he didn't mean 11 Fahrenheit. <laughs> <laughs> That's 55 is what it's here right now. It's fine. I'm at yes, 65. Bill, the industry, the, the industry is, is very much Spanish-centered. Um, I don't think a lot of retail parks learn the language. I took, like, three years of Spanish between high school and college, so, I mean, I'm kind of... Fairly decent at it, uh, but you consider the two biggest growing regions for to uh, cigar tobacco and cigar rolling. Um, the main it's going to come from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua, um, and then Central American companies or countries uh, like Honduras produce a lot. You get some tobacco out of Brazil. Uh, Costa Rica produces some. It's you don't see it very often though. And then you have like Sumatra and Cameroon leaf some of that is actually grown over there some of it's just sort of a um, i guess a strain uh, like you see yeah. that with cube cuban seed cigars too it's like all of them were originally cuban seed it's kind of a marketing bullshit but. right right i was gonna say is uh there was a new company as of 2019 that was mozambique 
and it was mm -hmm. a young guy who I guess he's he's a Mozambique native who I don't know if he studied in Oxford and moved into the United States to do marketing or something, but he loved cigars. And he's like, hey man, we've got some great soil in Mozambique. Why don't we just start planting plants? And he did. And now apparently this is like the first African country or for, yeah, first African country to ever grow their own tobacco and produce their own smokes. Like from their stock. So I can't remember the name of the life of me. I'll find out and I'll make sure we put it in show notes or something. But, mm -hmm. but Cameroon, yeah, Cameroon is a rapper you see very often in cigars. Mm -hmm. um, in talking to Steve Saka not that long ago, he kind of talked about it when he was at the shop. Um, and unless you're like Fuente or some of these other like companies that have been around forever, apparently if you get Cameroon wrappers and you're not them, you're not getting very good grade tobacco. Uh, One of my favorite uh, Cameroons is actually from Diamond Crown. They have like a heavy, heavy Cameroon. And that thing that is nub awesome. Cameroon is awesome. Which, what, which one is it? The Nubs. Is that from Diamond Crown? No, no. That's yeah. that's made by Nub, but I think oh, that, okay. that Nub Cameroon is probably one of the best Cameroons on the market, in my oh, yeah. opinion. And Bill said, are the distributors and suppliers for these companies from the company's home countries, or are there a bunch of American reps touring cigar shops representing them? Uh, no. So it's being a rep for a cigar company is not an easy job, especially if you have a family because you're on the road five days a week. Um, most of them have a territory that they're in charge of, like, running. Um, that's probably a minimum of four states. Most of them, it's more than that. Um, like, some of them will have from, like, the bottom half of Virginia down to, like, into just over the border here into Georgia. Um, and then, like, upstate South Carolina into Chattanooga. I mean, we're talking about, like, just massive territories, and they're just on the road literally five days a week. Uh, and so you do kind of see a lot of turnover in that sort of regard with that industry because I think after a while, people just get burned out. You're on the road all the time. You're never home. Yeah. Uh, like I said, if you have a family, it's not exactly conducive to – family life um but i mean if you're young and you got nothing else to do i think it's probably a pretty awesome job i've, I've definitely thought about doing it but i just you know yeah i think that I... for me the the problem would be like the forced socialization like mm. being completely burned out wanting not like not wanting to talk to anybody just want to hang out and you have to do an event till midnight you have a bunch of guys trying to get free cigars from you like oh, this is just i could see myself being over that very quickly burnout yeah the, uh, do they have marketing groups or like rep groups or is it all independent to the like brokers? I mean, I don't want to call them brokers. Like, so like in my there's, industry, there's have, broker companies. Yeah. But those are, that's on the distribution level, right? Yeah. But they, you'll have a rep from like big country cigars is one. So they handle, uh, like Southern draw Caldwell. Okay. That, that's Macho. Okay. Yeah, and so you'll have one okay. guy that handles like okay. all those brands, which that makes it even harder, I think, because now you're trying to sell multiple people in the same shop with limited shelf space. Yeah. Instead of just one company, uh, you know, it's tough. Yeah, that's how it is for most of the stuff in my industry. Is you have these rep groups that have fifteen or twenty companies, and if I stock say eight of those companies. He'll only give me the supplies for the stuff that I stock, you know, marketing and brochures and, you know, accounts and stuff like that. But yeah, it's they know that stuff inside and out. And I also have like not to sound like a big shop. We have key accounts reps. 
So like, because my store does so much of one brand or another, that company will then take uh, their top sales guy and or their top representative and they'll make him a key accounts guy. So instead of, uh, uh, you know, Mossberg and Sons having, you know, a one sales rep for 500 stores, I'll get one sales rep for key account and he only has like eight stores. Mm-hmm. Those, are the, those are his key accounts. Right. Are, they, they bigger, wanna, bigger volume. They want to massage us with bigger hands. Yeah. Bougier. Well, I think our other our guests on the show are getting bored of their freaking minds. Well, it's snakes and stogies. Okay? It is snakes and stogies. My, my co-host was messaging me. She was like, "What are they going to start talking about snakes?" I was like, "You forgot the stogies part." So that's right. You gotta pay. Keanu will just have to have to wait. That's right. I'm I'm good. Yeah, Billy's probably drunk already. <laughs> I saw she, what's, she said what's, earlier that you changed your shirt. That was good. <laughs> what's happening on the snake front? You got the exciting stuff anybody, going on. Any, anybody feel free. I, I have... Uh, I mean, you want me to start? Yes. Okay. Cyania hatched. If every, like I posted all over Facebook and Instagram, so surely it was seen... Um, I had a clutch of nine. I had two stillborn, three stillborn. I had, uh, the last one to come out was an egg that was like super jacked up and I wrote it off weeks ago. I was like, there's no way this thing's going to hatch. There's nothing in it. I candled it. Didn't look like there was anything in it. So of course it was attached to a bunch of empty shells. So I was like, oh, I want to see how far along this one was. And I cut it open. Snake's alive inside. It just hadn't come out yet. Um, so I put it back in there and that one was the last one to come out and it was like only four grams and I found it dead in its water bowl today. So oh. it wasn't, wasn't much of a surprise. Um, cause that one was kind of, it looked pretty, pretty wimpy to begin with. Pretty yeah. runty. So, um, other than that, I mean, I've got the other four. They all seem to be, uh, they were still in the egg, Henry. Henry the Scavenger, the Ophiophagus Vulture. <clears throat> but the other four are doing fine. They're full of spunk and they're little vicious beasts, little green-headed nice. worms. Um, I offered some food to two of them today. I tried scenting. I took a turkey case of gecko and froze it uh, the other day. By the so way, I tried to... you froze it before they got loose. Ah. I, I went through because I was like, I need to at least get one of these and freeze it. And, of course, ah. I only found one. So. They're around here somewhere. I had to throw but that in there. It's fine because there's a ton of bugs in here. So they'll be Dude, helping you know they're going to breed like weeds in there, and you're going to have more than enough to just pluck off the wall. Perfect. <laughs> I actually had um, uh, Dr. Wyman hit me up a couple days ago. He's like, hey, man, I'm having a real hard time finding feeder geckos. Can you, like – steal me a bunch of house geckos from like my neighborhood and ship them up. I said, of course, but you got to give me a couple weeks. Cause with this temperature drop, I haven't seen a single living thing in like three weeks. <clears throat> yeah. I How cold is it there? What's that? How cold is it where you're at? It's only 65 right now. It's supposed to get 50 tonight, but it's been consistently 68, 69 for the past like week. So uh, I really, I just haven't seen geckos moving, which is crazy because all the huntsmen are coming out. 
and like I forget how many huntsmen's I have like in my neck of the woods, and like there's none out right now. But the other night I was sitting out here smoking, and uh, I was actually talking to Dominique, and there was like four of them on the wall, and I'm like, it's amazing how the geckos are gone and the spiders come out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it was it was shit. It was like 45 last night, and there was one chilling up in the corner up there. The gecko or hunting? A gecko. Oh, okay. Sweet. But, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of stuff in here for them to eat, so hopefully they make it so. And then we have our attic is right there with a nice gap for them to go in so they can now populate up in our roof. And whatever. There's a method to the madness. So I sent it some frozen thawed pinkies and offered it to them. I got plenty of strikes. None of them took, so I'm just gonna. I only did two of them. I was gonna wait for them to shed out, anyways. I just I was feeding everything, so I'm gonna give it a shot. So. And I'm waiting for the female to drop clutch number two. She's been cruising every night like a freaking mad woman, and she ain't giving them up. So. How's it looking on the chondro front? Uh, I have no idea what she is doing. I was expecting a prelay shed already, and I have yet to get one. So I don't know. She refused food again today, so something's happening because she don't ever refuse food. I just yeah. don't know what the hell's going on. <clears throat> Jeff says that they have uh, two gravid Solomons, and uh, I commend him for the hat, sir, for taking on that project. Godspeed, Captain Stooping, with those babies. Yeah, have fun with that. I'm really I thought about getting into Candoya. Dude, I love Candoya. Stock up on mouse tails. Start cutting them off now and bagging them up separately. You gotta do it, you, that's what I'm going to have to do with Cyania is mouse tails at some point. I have a feeling that's it's going to have to start out that way. So, Billy, let's, uh, let's hear what's new with you, pal. Uh, I sent you a picture. Let me start oh, with that. Oh, yeah. Let's start with that. Well, actually, I actually queued up the pictures you sent me earlier today, but we'll talk about that, that striped amazing deliciousness first. Screen share. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Damn! Yeah, so I got that one coming. What are we looking at here, Billy? That's a uh, Valen Tiger from The Legend himself. Awesome. So I actually don't have a straight Valen Tiger, so I figured it's time for me to step my game up. Very How cool. is that possible? I would have figured you would have had like five of the damn things at this point. All the, the Peterson stuff and then the Russian stuff. and Like I have Valen mixes, but... I don't know. Well, I have one now. I just got to wait for it to get here. And I remember, Billy, you sent me pictures the other day. That was different animals, right? No, it was the same one. He messed up. I, I knew it. I was like, dude, that looks like the same animal. Yeah, I asked him, and he was like, yeah, that's the same animal. My bad. <laughs> I'm like, look at the pattern on the tail and like the how the line breaks at two and a half points. Like, that's the same animal. <laughs> yeah, I looked too hard at the same snake for too long. Yeah. 
I love the two dots on the head. I love how the the neckline breaks right at the nape. Like that just looks so good, man. Super crisp. I really like the black. I see that more than anything. That stands I really out to me. Like the stripes. <laughs> You're such a dick, Justin. <laughs> now, is, is there ever has you, have you ever seen one that has literally a complete stripe from head to tail, like unbroken, in one of the Balins? It's so frustrating that yes. it's so close. <clears throat> Dude, that might be the closest one I've ever seen. Yeah. I want to say there is. Those are always the holdbacks or the ones that go to, like, Paul Harris or, you know, those guys. <clears throat> but, I mean, the, you pair that to the right animal and you're bound to get at least one in a clutch that will be perfect or close to perfect. Now, do you have plans on tying in the Peterson stuff to these? So I was thinking about uh, – I'll send you another picture, Phil. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about oh, – hang on. Let me pull it up and send it to him. But of reading one of the Petersons to it that's really clean. So uh, I could keep like a super striped animal, but it technically be outcrossed. But still have the striped jeans going on. I'm already loading up on mice, man. I put the, all the rat snakes down. I froze and vacuum sealed like 80 yesterday. Yeah, keep doing it, man. Oh, go quick. Love it. There it is. Boom. So that's uh, the male Peterson from 2018 that I'm raising up. He'll probably be ready to go next year. Uh, but yeah. he's a lot cleaner than the the other female that has a lot of peppering and stuff in her stripe. And that kind of ties into what we were talking about with Casey the other night with the whole sort of outcrossing by necessity because of the limited amounts of, of blood in a certain pool. Right. Um, you know, is that something you'd think you'd have to do with those? Well, I already have a Peterson Balin animal mm -hmm. that I can throw to my Peterson stuff. They'll still be 75% Peterson blood. I'm still trying to see how much blood they have to have so I can call them a Peterson or just do you always right. call them out cross at that point? No one can give me a straight answer on that. I mean, I would think if there's, if there's, any amount of non-Peterson blood in there, I would think that you'd have to call them an outcross regardless. Well, because there's certain projects that people do and there's certain projects people don't. You know, so at what percentage do you just start calling it the same line yeah. of what you started with? Because I guess um, I kind of look at it in terms of like chondros. Like if you have like an Aru and a Biok, you breed that back to another Aru and you continue to do that, like, that Bioc doesn't just disappear, you know? It, like, it's still in there, even if it's, you know, four generations back. True. Well, I mean, too, a lot of the quote-unquote lines that we have are just selectively bred animals. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's... The ones that are distinct bloodlines are marketed as that. Uh, so, 
it, it's really just us putting names on things at, at that point. This is true. I don't know. Like, with carpets, I look at it a little differently just because we are limited on, you know, Popwins being the exception. You know, we are limited on what we have. So I guess people do have to be a little more careful about it, I would think, or be more cognizant of what they're doing with those lines. I mean, I'm still going to do Peterson the Peterson animals. I'm not going to not mm-hmm. try to keep those pure. Uh, I've only bred them one generation, so I still have plenty of time to see how long I can do that. In fact, speaking of carpets, I was watching Carpets and Coffee today on our fellow network folks at NPR. And I was unaware that there is a line of jungles called the Lightning Line that was produced by Terry Phillip, and those things are freaking sweet. Oh, yeah, those have been around forever. I was completely unaware of their existence. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that people don't realize are out there because they were prevalent 15, 20 years ago, and now nobody knows about them. We need a spotlight on those for sure for the mag. That'd be a good one because I'd never heard of them. I was completely oblivious to them. Yeah, it's just finding somebody that has all the information on them. Because, like, it gets to a point with all the different lines that you can just say, like, with the jungles, you say, oh, LASIK line, hair line, this, that. But a lot of the people that say, I have this jungle that's a hair line to hamper line to this line is... uh, they don't know the backstory to him. They just know the name of the line. Yeah, Stephen was watching earlier. He can back it up. Like that thing was freaking sweet, man. Oh no, the lightning line is highly documented. I loved it. Yeah, they're awesome animals. That's a that's a rat snake. So speaking of striped animals, uh, <laughs> yellow rat that I got from our guy Philip here. Yeah. Dude, that thing went crazy as soon as I put that in front of him. Nice. Like, just went after it? Well, it wasn't, like, super aggressive towards it, but, like, it ate right Like, it it put its mouth on it right away. Good. Dude, I never noticed, like, you could see how the stripes are coming in. Like, right in there. Yeah. You can't see in the picture, but you saw... Uh, in person when you brought him over, like the yellow on the lower jaw and neck and stuff, is going to look like that one. Yeah. It looks great. And it's crazy, man, because I, per- like, it makes me so happy to know that I personally feel collected. Those animals, I know exactly where they're from, GPS coordinates, and they are so similar in appearance, but they are uh, 182 miles apart. Or 184 miles, 182 miles apart. Crazy, right? Yeah. But dude, that I think that that animal is gonna look so awesome in the next like six to eight months. It's gonna be great. If it doesn't change at all, I'll be more than happy with it. Yeah, I'm on. It's only gonna get better. better. Yeah, I imagine that those stripes are gonna stay that faint, that like very low opacity, and then the sides are just gonna yellow out. I mean, that's my prediction. Someone's selling a trio of yellows on Fauna right now for like a hundred bucks plus shipping. Oh, really? So tempting. That'd just be a fun project. Man. Me and Jake have talked about it forever. I don't know if we're ever going to do it. Well, well, now your boy Billy's going to do it because you guys are scared. 
<laughs> I love it. I just got wow. too much too much stuff I want to get into and not enough space to do it right now. So no, nope. preach into the choir, man. I don't know. So clearly, Brandon is a proven breeder. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, unless that was just a baby he picked up. You know, we stole from. Have, y'all have WalMarts up there? Yeah, we do. Oh man, of course you do. <laughs> well, no one Walmart, can escape Walmart. It's still on the North American continent. There's WalMarts. <laughs> yeah, it's just that we don't have all the crazy stuff you guys have. We stole it from a Walmart. We got it in the baby aisle. Well, let me ask you, Brandon. Do you guys have the people of Walmart? Have you seen that? Yeah. We we have some weird. Do you call the eclectic group of shoppers. Yeah. The difference is, is we have piggy rattlers in the garden section, and people get bit. They have moose like walking in and just destroying everything. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> moose really. and deer and coyotes and whatever else. Do you know that there was like that like six month window where two like there's, there's two different people. There's one in South Carolina, one in Florida, where they got tagged by piggy rattlesnakes in potted plants, like when they put their thumb in. Do you know I went to like four Walmarts like looking? <laughs> I can totally see you doing that. Yeah, like, I, like a flashlight and stuff. And everyone's like, what the fuck exactly. is that guy doing? I always have a flashlight in my pocket. I always have like a 600 lumen flashlight in my pocket for like work and stuff. And I literally went to like three different garden centers on my day off. Like three different Walmarts like across the county. And I was like. <laughs> yeah. Of course, there's none. It's just like coral snakes. Everyone well, but, but me sees them. Well, it's like the one that, that was right, the Walmart that's right next to my parents' house. It's literally like across the street. All that I found was fire ants. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, where are they getting this soil from? It's literally just everywhere just <laughs> with fire ants. Could you imagine like taking that home, putting it in like you know your living room or whatever? And like, oh God. <clears throat> Horrible. So, Brandon, what do you got cooking right now? He's been um, busy. Yeah, I'm always busy. Uh, between work, the collection, um, I'm vice president of the Alberta Reptile Amphibian Society, so I've been dealing with a lot of bylaw changes that have been going on in the province. So really? That's a nightmare. Um, and trying to get these hatchlings that don't want to eat for me eating. So I produce. He's so, been producing some of them mad hogs like crazy, man. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. Second clutch of Leo Hedergon yes. Madagascar Riensis. Nice. So the Madagascar Giants. And the first clutch I, last year that I had was kind of late in the season. It was hatched on November 28th. So a little later than most people. Um, this clutch hatched a couple months ago, and they're doing a lot better than my luck last year. So all five are still alive. Um, the ones that I had last year, I had 10, and only three of them made it. So, they wow. lay pretty big eggs. Yeah, they do like pretty big eggs. Like Pituophis almost. Freaking huge. Yeah, they, I was really surprised. They're really oblong, so like, mm-hmm. I never realized when the female's going to drop all of a sudden, I just noticed her behavior's changed. And then I'm like, oh, there's eggs. <laughs> yeah, man, like incubating those cyania, just seeing how small those eggs were. I mean, I knew they came out small, but like seeing them come out, I think the, the two of the biggest ones are six grams when they came out. Wow. But Ooh. you're like, there's no way something's going to come out of that. And it's like, there it is. And then I think about it. I mean, chondro eggs aren't really a whole lot bigger. You know, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. But... I have a couple right. friends who produce some of the giants. And yeah, chondros like, are tiny when they hatch. Brandon, how big is your, your larger uh, female uh, 
Giants? Um, they're probably around like five foot. My male's bigger than my all my females. He's a oh, wow. monster. Nice. Yeah. And uh, your your guys' lines that you have up there, like, are, are they imports or are they lines? Like, do they have like, are they more pronounced on the zigzags? Um, all my uh, adults that I have are all imports. The only ones I have uh, one that's actually captive bred. Um, from my buddy out in Medicine Hat, uh, he produced them two years ago now. Okay. And so it's, he's coming up on two in April. And then I've just produced a couple. There's only been like five people up here that have produced captive breads. Okay. Everything else has either been um, captive hatch with stuff that's becoming wild cotton gravity. So I know Riley's talked about cohabbing his and them seeming to do better cohabbed. Has that been your experience as well? I cohab a pair year-round, and then all my other ones are individual because I have a 2019 import male, so I don't want to pay, uh, house him with anybody yet. He did mm-hmm. go through quarantine for six months before I put him into my snake room. But I still want to keep an eye on him. He's a little smaller, too, than my uh, females, so I don't want to put him in there quite yet. And then all my hatchlings are all separate for now. Well, I have been thinking about doing a ginormous, like, 10-foot enclosure, and keeping like a 2.3 in there <laughs> that actually be really interesting yeah it's, it's something that i want to do in the future um, do a really big ass enclosure plant it lights everything and put lots of cameras in there and monitor behaviors because they have like natural nesting behaviors too don't they yeah i hear females um, nest in dens together. like communal nest yeah that'd be so cool to see yeah so it'd be, it'd be interesting um, I, I haven't seen too many photos from wild wild stuff in madagascar of anything mm-hmm. like that but um i check on high natural so every once in a while i see them eating lots of eggs in the wild so it's, i haven't seen any hatchlings or juveniles just mostly adults that's a dead cam billy said <laughs> <laughs> the um now when you say that they cohab like their den or nest or whatever they're not hanging out with the eggs. They're just they're all they all happen to pick that choice spot and they deposit and leave. Um, all my females coil around their eggs. Yeah, oh, I nice. think it's like legitimately they, like a like a den, like communal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I don't know. I just remember reading O'Reilly's article and it had a bunch of information I didn't know about. Them. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. This year coming up, I'll try to do a maternal incubation clutch. So let's see how well that goes. Sweet. I wonder if it has to do with any nice. like, thermal dynamics in the den. It might. Yeah, because all my females, they'll hide in their hide and coil around it. And they don't pick a very big spot. <laughs> it's pretty tight. Very cool. Yeah. I like the blondes a lot. I think that's probably my f- favorites out of those. Maybe this is it the blondes and speckles. Are those two different separate? Yeah, they're different. Yeah, yeah the speckles are my favorites out of those. I think they're really cool. Yeah, I have one, two, three speckles right now, and um, I'm buying a pair of captive breads. So those are the first ones in Canada that I know of. So, and funny thing is, is I traded the guy last year for an extra female that I had for a male, and they produced one. Damn. So, it is what it is. Yeah. So, it probably it probably took you a hot minute to get all that that group together because I mean I can't imagine those aren't very easy to find here. Let alone I'm sure they're even harder to find up there. So. Well, I got an importer. He tells me when they're coming in, and I'm like, just take my money. That helps. Yeah, he's like, what do you want? 
and he gets me pretty much whatever. We lost that, that's legal in the province anyway. So. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a lot of restrictions. I know, uh, what is the Ashley at, Ashley at Northern Lights Imports always has Boiga that I want so bad. I know, and I can't have she, any of them. She always gets, like, the coolest stuff. I'm like, son of a bitch. I know, she's there he is. all the cool stuff. Uh, I was talking to her the other day about some wild-caught Madagascar snakes that I was thinking about getting. Mm -hmm. Like, don't do it because we don't know anything about them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were discovered in 2010, and they just got a description. They don't even know what they eat. So, so it's, yeah. it's Madagascarophis? Uh, oh, I have to pull up the name again. It was something Pat and I. Oh. It's recently discovered they're super cool looking. See, I'm reading uh, that, that book on venomous snake bites from non-venomous snakes, and that just makes me want more of the oddball rear fang stuff even more. It's just so cool. I gotta get so that interesting. Well yeah, that Travis Wyman had a copy, and he surprised me and sent it to me without me knowing. So I came home to a package, and it was that book, because I was telling him how badly I wanted to get it, and that there was only, like, one left on Amazon. And, uh, man, that is, like, I'm, I'm about halfway through it. This is probably the fastest I've ever read a book, too. And I'm, it's, like, my favorite reptile book I've ever read so far. It's so freaking cool. Yeah, I got bit by my wild-caught female blonde. That's not a fun time. Yeah, describe how was that? Um, she bit me on my forearm in the middle of it, and she, she latched on for a good solid minute. And then the whole area swelled up. Uh, it was pretty red and puffy. And then mm -hmm. uh, I had numbness in my hands and in my in that arm. So it was my right arm. And then pain in my shoulder for about two days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like the actual joints? Yeah, like the actual joint in my shoulder was really sore. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if it has to do with, like, I don't want to say, like, ligament, you know, destruction, or I've also heard with some of them that basically the muscle starts to react as if it has lactic acid, even though it doesn't. So, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I talked to Dr. Fry about it, and he was like, that is very interesting, but he didn't really give me too much information on it besides that most of their bites, they have, they're not really too toxic to us mm -hmm. and that their bites are more strong kind of like Kribo bites so yeah well it's the thing I've, I've learned from this book so far you know is that a rear fang is a very 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 broad term yeah um not all rear fangs are created equal not all rear fangs work the same um and so i'm, I'm planning on really doing sort of an in-depth video that that sort of talks about it and explains a little bit better. Um, but I'm getting, I want to get the help of some other people that are, you know, on the academic side, a little more well-versed in it than I am so that I make sure that the information I'm putting out is, is accurate and reliable. So I'm kind of working on that. I don't know when I'll do it, but good afternoon. Scott. Yeah, that'll be really cool. This is just fascinating, you know? Yeah, with, with the Madagascar hogguns is I think their rear fangs are kind of more for, like, eating eggs and stuff because they see them eat a lot of eggs in the wild. Mm -hmm. uh, they eat a lot of pleuris eggs. So that might have something to do with it. But nobody nobody really knows. 
Well, that's that's one of the things I was actually talking about in the group chat the other day. Is I was reading that book and it talks about uh, what is it, the Mapalon, the big. I don't even know what their common name is, but they're over in Europe and they're really common. Yeah. And they they have a Duvernoy's gland, but they don't have the grooved dentition to match, which I thought was very interesting. Like most of them, if they have a Duvernoy's gland, it has they have some sort of channel in that fang that that you know some have a more extreme channel than others. Like that's a horrible way to describe it, but. Um, like, I find it odd that that species has the Duvernoy's gland, like they have all the parts, but for whatever reason, the teeth and the dentition doesn't match that to where it doesn't really... That's like, I'm pretty sure Montpelier snakes also have... That's that's what they are. That's the yeah. one. yeah. No, but isn't there one that specifically, like, they call it, like, it is a Mapillon? Because Montpelier's are all over the entire Mediterranean. Or is it just that whole genus? I'll have to look at the book. I think it was... Nipper's going to yell at us this is a, real bad. He time. probably is going to hear this and, and yeah. call us all kinds of names. Yeah. Anyway. I heard that... Uh, or I read a while back, so I might be wrong. But, uh, like, radiated rats, they have the gland. They just don't have the delivery system. Interesting. The, um, the cold mathis, they have... Do noise glands or no? If you're asking me, I don't know. It's been a really long time. Like that was probably that was years ago when I read that. I couldn't. I just remember seeing that, and being like, "Oh, that's really interesting." I don't know. Like I said, it's, just, it's such a rear fang is such a broad term because it's just it's such a such a spectrum, you know, yeah. in terms of just like just anatomy, like anatomically, like. There's a very large array. Um, and then, you know, the actual Duvernoy's gland itself, some are you know, going to be completely different than others. And, you know, just. What about the, uh, what about the bird snakes, Billy? Uh, not that I know of. But I haven't gone hardcore into any field studies or scientific papers on those yet. Uh, I was talking to Jason. What's and their teeth like? Dude, watching yours, that head structure, like you just imagine it has something. Yeah, um, I actually haven't been bitten by mine. You haven't, or you so haven't? I, I have not. Oh, okay. I just I wonder if it's like like emeralds where they have just massive teeth for getting through all that plumage and being able to hold on to something. And I wonder if like yeah, it's a colubrid, so they have those shorter teeth, but if theirs are slightly longer and a little more pronounced. <clears throat> I don't think so, because anytime you look them up, you see them in a defensive posture and their mouth open and stuff, and it just looks like any other colubrid. I feel like it would be really noticeable in those pictures. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think that, I mean, mangroves and, like, boiga look defensive as hell, but you can't, like, see that it's venomous. You know what I mean? If yeah, you have them behind the head, the you can you can see you can see that those are your fangs. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the <laughs> they're there. The classic posture where oh yeah yeah, and the head structure is all flattened out and you know heart shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking to Jason, and what I didn't know is that the Pacillinotus is a subspecies, and there's multiple subspecies within their range. Mm-hmm. So like different ones that come in. If you know what you're looking at, there's actually different subspecies that come in. They're not all Pacillinotus. Oh. So I'm still learning a lot about those. But the ones that you and him have are both Pacillinotus. 
Those are Facilinovas, yeah. Okay. Well, next month I'm going to attempt to pair the Jansen Eye. Pretty excited about that. See if anything happens. Already. Awesome. I think the female's big enough. It wouldn't be a big clutch, but I think she could I think she could do it. I don't start pairing anything till early spring. Yeah, start cooking here soon. That's uh I mean Ganyasoma, like true Ganyasoma, you know, Oxycephalum and the uh the Jansen eye, I think the, the from everything I've read, that's a species you can breed pretty much year round. Um like you really don't have to do a whole lot uh to get them to, to give you eggs, you know. Thanks, Bill. Well, I am uh, gonna be throwing the healers in the chiller tomorrow. Did you figure out what you're gonna do as far as what you're gonna put them in? Yeah, the um I decided I'm gonna do bags because just the confined space of the chiller is not conducive to a, a physical tub. Yeah. And, and it, unless unless I got like the perfect tub, you know, um, and then uh, it was I don't know if it was Casey I think it was who recommended it, but putting them in PVC, yeah, and capping them off, and um, I don't think I have enough length. I don't. Or me, I don't think I have enough right. depth. And I think your snake bags are just going to be the best. They can still turn around. They can stretch out if they want to. You know, I'll probably just throw some uh, crinkle. Uh, I have you know un ink newspaper i buy it by the roll for a lot of the species that like cobras and stuff that just destroy their cages i'll just use uninked new newspaper and uh i'll probably just crumble up a bunch of newspaper put it in the bag with them and uh i'll just do two shelves so they're not like touching each other and james uh, wants to know how cold you're getting so rob stone told me 55 degrees mm-hmm. he also said that if it went down to 50 it wouldn't be that big a deal going to like 45 might be an issue but I'm also doing like a quick winter. It's only going to be three and a half, four weeks, depending on the dates and how I want to line it up. Because I got to take them, I got to factor in an extra 10 days, two weeks to bring them back up. So I'm going to do the, the chiller is holding 49 to 50 degrees. I tried to get it to go higher and it just won't. I think it's just new and like it wants to be cold, you know? Because um, it's meant for wine. It's not, it's probably, most people are probably just dropping it down to as low as it'll go. Um, so it's holding 49.50 even. And like I have my temp gun and I'm checking the <laughs> And obviously I'm checking the bottom because, you know, cold air sinks. And uh, I'm, I'm content with it being 50 degrees for three weeks. I think I'll be all right. So. Yeah, it'll be fun to see how that works for you. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm actually at the point now where I'm terrified about putting them together. <clears throat> Because I don't know what I don't know how I'm gonna break them up if they fight like a legit fight. So I think I'm honestly just gonna do the thickest like galvanized rubber gardening gloves I can, and, like, <laughs> right. uh, and, and honestly like a wooden spoon. Like I'm just thinking like maybe a spatula. I'm thinking like outside the box here, because I figured like a rubber spatula wouldn't be that bad if I got like smack them or like stick it in their mouth. So I'm, I'm literally thinking outside the box here. Got you that I asked. We're right here. Yeah, I mean, we're we're Brad. Why is Brad under here? I have questions. He's here. I don't know where he's at. <laughs> Come on, Brad. Stop hiding, man. I just picture you with like gloves on and like a rolled up newspaper, and you're just gonna pop them if they get out of line. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah. It'll be fun, man. It'll be fun. And I, I got to set up. Uh, I have an extra two foot vision that I'm going to set up as like a holding pen for the mail. And then uh, I imagine I'm going to do some. I'm just going to sit with them. I'm going to just do it where I just sit there with a drink in my hand and just stare at Lizard for however long it takes. Um, I got to ask Rob and Reed if they left them together overnight. Because when I was reading is they kind of don't do anything over, overnight with each other. It's almost like a morning thing, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I really don't know what I'm doing. Playing it by ear. With Venomous Lizard. <laughs> it's the most professional I've ever been. <laughs> there you, Brad. Brad's ready. Brad, how do I separate my healers if they fight? During courtship. Don't answer that. Just message and, me. And we wait. <laughs> Don't answer that. Just, just message me. Call me later. <laughs> so. But yeah, man, it's been a crazy, uh, it's been a crazy, like, week and a half of December. I feel like everyone was like, oh, God, it's Christmas. Oh, no, we have to do everything right now. <laughs> so. Like, I don't even want to know what a mall looks like because I feel like the people that are crazy enough to fight the COVID and go to the mall are the people that I don't want to be in line with. You <laughs> know what I mean? Literally stab you for a TV. Yeah. Like, nobody went out on Black Friday, but they're shopping throughout the week. I feel that. Brad said alcohol, Listerine, et cetera. Yeah, no, I, I know about the Listerine. I already have that primed and prepped. <laughs> Got the Facebook professional venomous keeping. Thanks a lot, pal. <laughs> uh, Does he yeah, even have, know what a Gila monster is? I'm sure he's probably bred them at some zoological institution somewhere, and he, he's gonna he's gonna give me the best tips ever, and it's gonna work, and I'll feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no one makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Yeah, and Scott, I can't imagine what it's like to have Christmas down under in summer. Dude, I can't wrap my head around that either. That's like the first thing I asked Jake Hansen when we talked to him on the show was like... Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> it's like, what's it like to have a Christmas tree in summer? Yeah. That'd be That's so strange. Bizarre. It's just an acacia bush with neon light. It's <laughs> Eucalyptus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eucalyptus tree with Christmas lights and a koala in it. Yeah. <laughs> Dressed with a little Santa hat. They dress them like elf, elf on a shelf is a fucking koala. They hide it around the house in various places. But it's real and it's a lot. A real koala, yeah. <laughs> Scott said they're just venomous blue tongues. There you go, man. Fair enough. You're not wrong. I can't even disagree with that. Yeah, but you don't go through the most agonizing pain of your life if you get bit by the blue tongue. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to take a freaking hit off one of those suckers, man. Uh-uh. Yeah, and it's not like they're, you know, yearlings that I'm trying to tame down or something. These are full-fledged, like, six and six and seven-year-old adults. And, like, I have videos of my female. This is so morbid, and people are going to yell at me for this, but, like, I've got a live wrap-ups. And, like, normally you would hear the bones crunching as it consumes its prey item. 
But this time, this is what made me stop feeding it live prey, is it swallowed it alive, and I could hear it squeaking inside a lizard. I've had that happen with snakes. I felt yeah. so bad. So bad. Yeah. What a way to go. It's like the Sarlacc in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. That's why I hate feeding live, man. I don't care how many times I do it and how long I've been doing it. I feel like a piece of shit every time I do it. No, see, I don't. But see, I don't mind feeding Sometimes live. You got to. Yeah, I don't mind feeding live with venomous because it just—it's done. You know what I mean? A couple seconds, it's out. Especially with especially with lapis, you know. But like that healer eating it and oh, ooh. I have to feed live to get my uh, Madagascar giants started. Or they usually don't eat anything. Mm. Do, they, do those babies just overpower the prey in them? Um, some of them that actually try to eat it, they sit there and they clamp down real hard, mm -hmm. and then it just sits there until it stops squeaking. And, oh, wow. And then you can kind of kind of see some color change in, within the skin. So Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And then sometimes if they don't eat it and they like bite it, the next day it'll just be liquid on the inside. Interesting. Yeah, I've had. It's kind of like the. Yeah. It's like how the pituofus sort of pin it to the side of the tub until it, like, instead of constricting it, they kind of just yeah. jam it up against a wall. Dude, my drive, bro. Anything you put in there that resembles a prey item, they immediately mash it into the substrate. And I've watched them. They don't really eat that much dirt, if not any, but they mash it into dirt. And then if I'll take a second, like, mouse on hemostats, and obviously frozen thought, if I take another mouse on hemostats and, like, I touch it to their back, they'll throw a bow up and pin it to the walls of the cage and be like, I'm saving that for later. <laughs> and just freaking dock off. Like, <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> and then, like, they just give you that look, like, I'm going to eat that. Don't worry. I'm going to eat it. Savages. Yeah, live feeding sucks, but it, like Scott said, it has its place. Like sometimes you have to, sometimes you don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. Got, I'm yeah, not afraid to do it. I just feel bad when I do it. Yeah, I don't yeah. One of my wild caught giants wouldn't eat anything but live for the first while. Surprisingly, ASFs yeah. worked really well. Really, which I, I thought was kind of strange. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah I wonder if they—they're not like introduced on the island, are they? I'm not sure. I tried looking it up, and I couldn't find any information if they were or not. But they are there. <clears throat> hmm. I don't know. There's a couple like some carpets and some chondros, like ASS for whatever reason, or like the magic bullet. So I don't know what it is about those with some individual snakes that—that's the trick. But thank but, God I haven't had to deal with one yet. For my hatchlings, that's all they'll take. And I've tried feeder lizards. It might not be the right feeder lizard, so that might be the problem, too. Mm. Um, so I'm trying to get some Pictus geckos and maybe start a colony of those for my hatchlings and see if that's something that they want, a ground-dwelling lizard. Cool. Yeah, I just always think it's interesting how people just assume that African softbirds are just everywhere in Africa. And it's like, no, they're not really in that area. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for, for my giants, it's kind of weird because the description of what they eat is kind of their opportunistic animals, so they just eat pretty much whatever fits in their mouth. So, yeah. I, But my adults, they love birds specifically, so I think they eat a lot of ground birds in the wild and the plurse eggs. Yeah, I, mean, I, I always imagine they were just the Dramarch on the that part. 
you know? Pretty pretty much because they're everywhere. The giants are the most common snake in Madagascar, which is strange. Really? And there's no very little information on them. Interesting. Yeah. You would think with them being so common, they would be easier in captivity. You, you would think. Like, that usually translates, not all the time, but usually it does. Yeah, the, the adults are really easy. Um, they, they are pretty easy to acclimate. I didn't have too many deaths. I had a lot better luck with females acclimating than the males. Males seem to die off more often hmm. in my experience, which is a pain in the ass. I'd end up getting a 1.1 pair, and then it turns out it's all females, and then I get a male, and the male would die, and I'd find another male, and yeah. so on and so forth. Hey, hatchlings are nightmares. Grant, let me ask you, do you guys ever get African mole snakes or no? Uh, we might. I have never seen any. All right. We used to get them pretty frequently 10, 15 years ago, and nobody really gave a shit about them. And they're one of my favorite snakes, and I've been looking for them for a while. I mean, don't get me wrong. I haven't been looking that hard. Someone's going to send me a link right now. But I just comparing, we were talking about, like, you know, filling that niche role of the ground dweller that overpowers stuff. Yeah. And like, I just feel like those West African moles are literally, like, they're brown Kribos, they're heavy-bodied Kribos. Basically, they're like a stretched out giant hog with no pattern. And yeah. they have, like thinking about that, man. I gotta get some of them. Those are awesome. Yeah, those used to be. We used to see those all the time. I haven't seen one of those in a long time. Yeah, man. I feel like I saw one randomly, like within the last year. Oh, really? Like somebody just happened to bring one in? I, I want to say yeah. But I, I never look for them, so I don't really pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see quite often the African imports coming out this way, but um, it's usually not something I'm looking for because I prefer the Madagascar species of snakes. So. That's 90% of my collection is Madagascar hog noses. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at getting, uh, what is it? Uh, I can't remember the name now, but they're. Uh, a tree snake from Madagascar, and they eat lizards. And they kind of look like a California king snake ran into a wall. Really? Yeah, so they got like a flat nose. Interesting. I have to find the name of it now. What are you searching, Justin? I'm looking at mole snakes. Oh, I, I literally just pulled it off the screen check. <laughs> I did too, earlier. Yeah, Stenophis bastilianus. Mm. They're, they're pretty cool looking snakes. Yeah, man, like this is the ones, like this color pattern is some of the stuff that we used to get. Very, very rubber boa ish, you know? They remind me of like, it, yeah, like if a Pituovis and a Taipan had a baby. Yeah, like they definitely have that pseudo elapid head, mm -hmm. you know? Are yeah. those the stiletto snakes? No. Or is that a different yeah. snake? No, totally different. Okay. Like this, like, I want that. Like, if Stiletto's got that it. big, it'd be a nightmare. Dude, if Stiletto's got that big, it would be scary as hell. Yeah. But I guess, like, the far, I don't don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure, like, the farther <clears> south <throat> in the continent you go, the lighter they get. Oh, look at this one. That's really good looking. And this one, too. <laughs> Imagine getting that mixed up. Jesus. 
Gott sei Dank. Phil's talking to somebody. Ooh. Who's the lucky guy? <laughs> this is my beautiful neighbor. This is Brandon. He's in Canada. That's Billy. He's in Tampa. And Justin. He's in Beaufort, South Carolina. Hi, everyone. Hello. There's also 48,000 people. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's like sick. <laughs> She's like, really? Because I could, I could put my Instagram name out there. <laughs> Wait, there's those stenophis I was telling you about. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're, they're pretty neat looking. That is cool. Yeah, they got a really interesting face. It's, it's like, like an amantides. Nine cool people, Billy. It's actually 23. Boom. No, Jeff, I wish I had... I need to find it. But <laughs> Scott said he's punching up on his weight. <laughs> <laughs> Bill said just because there's six of us doesn't mean you, you can't drop the IG handle. Period Wait, say it one more time. What is it? Psychic period sin. There you go, guys. There you go. And the other Madagascar snakes I want to be cool too, but they're they're also like a thousand dollars each imported, oh, wild caught. So it's because uh, to some of the herpetologists' knowledge and the importers' knowledge, they haven't been exported yet. So, but pretty neat. I haven't decided if I want to drop that kind of money in some wild caught snakes that are probably going to die. But they're, they're pretty crazy looking. What? What is Jake getting? Oh. Jake, Jake <laughs> I ain't getting anything. I get Jake's it. not getting anything. That's freaking cool. It's got stripes. You got Billy's attention. I'm in. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're super cool. They got a pink tail. Wow. So I'm, I'm not sure if that's used to lure prey or something. Like That just screams, don't pick me up. Yeah, it's like, hey, you probably shouldn't be touching me. They, they don't believe they're venomous, but I don't think anybody's taking a bite because they only have had one specimen for the description, so... They didn't think twig snakes were venomous either. Yeah, it's just like a ring neck. It'll be fine. And they didn't think boom slings were venomous. Where, where are these native to again? Madagascar. Oh, awesome. They cut, uh, the one that they found was in a pretty high elevation, too. So I think it was like 3,000 feet. Wow. Wow. And they're found in three protected parks. So wherever they're collected from and they're coming this way, they were illegally caught. <laughs> I 
I'm sure there's there's always like obviously we we tend to think of the darker side of it like yeah oh they're smuggled or oh they're you know snuck out but I almost compare it too to like a lot of hunters where you know their farmland borders a national preserve and the elk happen to migrate onto their property it's fair game yeah you know what I mean so I wonder if it's very similar where like some guy owns a you know an agricultural plantation or something and he's like hey I pay you guys to come collect every snake on my property because I don't want to get people bit or whatever, and they happen to find those. You never know. You know? Yeah, like, it's definitely possible. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, the herpetologist I talked to, I asked him, I was like, so what do you know about these? Because I was like, really thinking about getting them. And he's like, as much as everybody else, which is nothing. <laughs> Besides <laughs> what they look like. <laughs> so... And he's like, they're only found in these three areas that are protected, so they might be legally caught. So, and then he was like, if you get those, I'd be really envious. But it's speaking of uh, colorful stuff, Billy, you were looking at some uh, Amazons lately, huh? Mm. What's up? What's up? I was saying we were talking yeah, about colorful something. stuff. You uh, you've been looking at some Amazons lately, right? Billy. You went in and out. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Yes. Amazon. Amazon tree boas. The blessing. Yes. Put it up. Put it up. Oh, you did you send me one? Shut up, Justin. <laughs> Is Rusty still in the name? I just texted a thing to you. Instagram? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I need to watch that movie. That is Christmas vacation. real. That is fake. This is not... I, I, what it's a tiger, is, isn't no, it? No, that's real, dude. This is amazing. It's a leopard tiger. Oh, wait. What just happened? Wrong button. Sorry. <laughs> dude, look wow. at that animal. Boom. That's phenomenal. Damn. So that's a incomplete dominant tiger with a recessive leopard. Wow. And see, man, I honestly thought that the whole Amazon tree boa morph thing was, I don't want to say a sham, but like, isn't it supposed to be extremely variable? Like Squaminger's vipers, like you can do a, a yellow and a green and it's not going to make blues or reds. It's just going to be whatever comes out. You know what I mean? Or yeah, they, but they do have the some leopard. like true morphs. Like the leopards. Yeah, the leopards are recessive, and you can't get any of the colors in them. They're always gardens or normals, whatever you want to call them. Okay. But there should be two other pictures. I don't know if you can scroll on that. Um, I'm trying. There's to a little see. arrow right there. Hang on, hang on. I lost the page. There's too many pictures. Oh, here's my cursor. There we go. Oh, yeah. Dude, that thing's awesome. That's a gorgeous animal. Yeah, it is. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't into the morph stuff now, but holy crap. And like the fadedness in here, and like up in here. Look at the eyes. Crazy. This is the same animal, but darker, or are these three different animals? I just saw the post and sent it to you as soon as I saw it. I'm assuming that's a different animal. Okay. 
Because I've been talking to Dayton for a little bit now, and he's been telling me about this litter. And uh, holy crap, it's better than I thought they would have came out, honestly. Yeah, man. And they look they look like they're bigger than normal. I mean, assuming that they're Neos, I mean, look at comparing them to the size of that mesh netting, like that's a good size baby, man. It's a big yeah. baby. You know what oh, I saw cool. on Fauna today? And I'm so bummed. I don't have the spare cash lying around because I would snatch these up in a freaking heartbeat. What is that? That's the Fisher's tree snake. So that's the Toxic uh, Codryas. Uh, wow. He has the Latin, the Latin spelled wrong. It's like um, Pulvernata or Pulver. Pulver Lenta. So it's like the other Toxicodryas species that you don't see as much, but freaking cool, Very man. Good. Randy says that that, uh, that Amazon is the same animal. It's just a night versus day picture. That's right. It said, uh, it said that in the post. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Yes. Andy. Ah. Andy wants a velvet rat snake. Yeah, they're so cool. Big man. Oh, I need to check and actually see if mine ate. I left a fuzzy in there today. The ghost phantom eater. Yeah. They evaporate. <clears throat> He's Houdini, man. Now you see him, now you don't. <clears throat> So Oops. Jeff just sent me the Kandoyas, but I can't seem to. Juggernaut? Yeah. It's not opening. Standby. Yeah, they're the Isabels. Oh, Yeah, there yeah. we go. Yeah, they're pretty. Juggernaut. Boom. Mm. It's a freaking Tessera. Look at that. Yeah, those are really cool snakes. As far as the Candoya goes, those are probably one of my favorite. Well, as far as the ground boas, those are my favorites. Mine too. And look at the size. It's hard to beat a snake with that much white on it. Yeah, those are like the V18 vision tubs. Yeah, I mean, just look at the cocoa chips that are in there, dude. That thing is super yeah. tiny. Crazy. What's up with knob tails, Phil? Well, been doing anything like with yours? Hmm? You've been breeding yours at all? Like, what's the. No. no. You don't talk about knob tails anymore. What happened? Uh, I love them. I cherish them dearly. Uh, I've been slacking on the Instagram page because my work has been atrocious and shy of uh, selfless promotion of this podcast as well as THP and the magazine. Um, I haven't been like on Instagram at all. I mean, even like our group that we talk in every single day, I've 
trying to play catch up on a daily basis, a weekly basis. Dude, my iPhone, you know, every Sunday it tells you like screen time for the week. My iPhone consistently is like down 23%, down 25%, down 30%, just because I'm just not on my phone and I'm not, yeah. But uh, my geckos are good, except for my one male levies that died, sad panda. And uh, they're being cool. And I'm late for the game, but hopefully after Christmas, I'm going to bring them back up and uh, throw them together and see what happens. My underwear Cox. are getting fat and happy, though. There you go. Cox said, Billy, if you like white, you should have ivory zebras. Yeah. I mean, out of all the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Out of all the carpets, jungles are probably my least favorite. I'm more of a... IJ Coastal guy. I mean, I have them. I like the ones I have, but... What a weirdo. I guess. I can't have them all, right? Really? Hey, you're you are... pretty damn close. <laughs> the picture yeah. of that ocelot that I posted in the group a couple days ago. I can't get on Instagram on, on this thing. Actually, I probably could. Let me try and log in. You posted in the group? Yeah, but hold on a second. Uh, what the hell is my name? It's the one from Martin, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, this computer sucks and won't let me do Instagram. Yeah, I'll be honest. Ocelots are pretty awesome. I mean, it's... A lot, of, with, a lot of genetics going on there, but those things are fucking cool. I'm with Henry so, on that one. He said, if you like white, you should have McGregor eye. Yeah, well, I can't afford McGregor eyes. No one can. No one can. Well, that settles that. Yeah, right. I've almost gotten Ocelot stuff multiple times. I actually like the non-Jags better. Ocelots are nice. I don't. I don't really care what they are. Like they're just they're good looking snakes. Like people are starting to figure out that you can selectively bred the the non jag animals and still get the ocelot gene the show, and you get like crazy looking normals. Really, dude? Why is it every time a Juno Road Bairds goes for sale, it sells in like? Freaking minute. What's it look like? Oh, that. That was a good price too. It's line bread, Billy. Look at that. So nice. I want all the bears. You would have them. I don't need more, but I want more. Just send it to you, Phil. Thank you very much. There it is. Oh, yeah, there it is. Look at this freaking snake. Dude, that's amazing. I just can't get over that animal. It reminds me of those crazy brittles hybrids that Patterson had for sale, that Casey... Casey had. Yeah, very similar. 
But like, you got more coming your way, Phil. Sweet. <clears throat> yeah, just like all this color in here. The tipping. Oh yeah, the, the, that has that that diamondish tipping in there. Oh. And just like how. Oh, put the other one up. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. <laughs> Hang on, hang on. Where's it? <clears throat> oh, dude. Dude. You're welcome. Oh, my God. Look at this shit. Oh, my God. I wish the people listening could see this. This uh, right here will make you want to watch the YouTube version. Oh. Dude. I have almost have to wear sunglasses looking at that, dude. Like, it hurts so my good. eyes. It's like staring oh. at the sun. And, like, look at this. Like, everyone who knows me knows I love uh, Duboya. And, like, this is so Russell's Vipery. Yeah, it is. Dude. I could never put my finger on it. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly <laughs> what it reminds me of, especially in the tail. Oh, yeah. Every time I see that, I'm like, man, that reminds me of something. I could never figure it out. But that's exactly what it is, is Russell's Vipers. And you've got three different animals here. I mean, legitimately different animals. Even on the head markings. I mean, these two head markings are a little similar, but even this one, like that fleur-de-lis kind of just spreads out a little bit. And then the cross across the back of the nape. But, dude, this this Mandarin rat-looking Russell's Vipery. Oh, awesome. Absolutely awesome. Legitimate tub full of sunshine. Yep. You go blind if you stare at him too long. Yeah, Martin has, like, all of his animals are trophy animals. It's insane. Dude, that's crazy. So now, what exactly is in that animal? Snake. I'm just going to guess here, and I think those are gamma ocelots. Okay. So the ocelot gene came from Mike Curtin, I believe. I think he took that project and ran with it. Right. So I'm actually trying to find some of his stuff right now, but he's been line breeding it long enough to where he has low expression, high expression. And some of the high expression stuff starts to look like the real crazy stuff Don Patterson, uh, I think, last year produced. But now, forgive me. So, Gamma is obviously straight jungle, and then Ocelot is coastal. Gamma is those are jags. Those are jungle jags. Those are jungle jags. Okay. Yeah. So that whole that's a whole story there. They came from a guy in uh, Canada. It might have been Don, and then Bataglia got a hold of them and. Mm-hmm. Named them Gamma, and the rest is history. There's a whole article about it in the as the Morelia Spotlight in one of the recent issues of the magazine. I don't remember which one. It's a couple couple ago. That makes me feel stupid. Thank you. <clears throat> don't pay so attention. I got I a, I another one coming your way. <clears throat> Cox said, "Now cross that with a chondro." Jesus. Oh, yeah, look at this thing. Every day we get further and further away from God. When's Cox going to produce stuff? He always wants us to make all these hybrids and stuff. I want to see him produce something. 
Calling you out, Cox. Dude, that is up my alley. Look at that cactus. Mm. I like the head stamp. Looks right, almost like so a leaf with a stem. That's from Mike Curtin's uh, page, Scattershot Exotics, on Facebook. If you just go through his photos, you'll see all these different ocelot jags. You'll see the the normal ocelots that don't have jags in them. Like his stuff is top notch. Dude, that's killer, man. And that's like the ugly phase of that animal. Yeah, it's the so, ugly one of the bunch. Look at the lateral <laughs> line of the eye. Very chondro-ish. Let's not get crazy a, here. It almost has like a, a, dare I say, like a golden child looking neck to it. Or golden eye, excuse me, not golden child. Golden eye, the blood, not the meat I like them, Billy. Yeah, yeah, hogs are cool. Argon is one of the only, for lack of a better word, red tails that I would keep. There's a female sub on Morph Martyr right now, and it's like the only female I've seen for a hot minute. Damn it. Justin, how's that line Oh, it's gone. It's good. It was good. It was good. Pass only- going, going back to the Hog Island. KJ has one that's like 25 years old. Really? The thing is huge. Just being a 25-year-old animal, you're going to be a big animal. And uh, they are freaking awesome. Well, that's another species, man. They were, like, at one point, they, it seems like they were really, they were a lot like Argentine boas. Like, they were very popular. There was a lot of people that were into them, and they had them. And now it's like you just don't see them really anymore. At least, like, the, the real, pure, like, legitimate stuff, I guess. Well, I think people started getting snobbish about, like, knowing where they came from and all that. <laughs> Are they pure? Are they crosses? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Guys like you. Not like me. There's a guy at the local shop. He has Argentines. Badass. That's probably the one of the few boas I would 100. I've actively been looking for him, if I'm completely honest. I love the high pink ones. Like those, I don't know exactly which line the they were pink? or whatever. I don't know, but they had the like these like very pinkish colors to them. Yeah, those ones are super cool. I see pictures. We can't get them up here. <laughs> The logic I, uh, is really cool too. I just want straight classic black and white Argentines. If I could find those, I'd be happy as could be. If I were to get other boas, they'd probably be Longicatas. I like the Anneries. I miss my Nicaraguans and my Terahumeras. Dude, we were just talking about it with Casey man, Longicata, man. All the way. Yeah, they have a stripe on their head. I'm in. <laughs> I remember seeing anneries for 150 like 10 years ago, and I'm like, oh, I'll wait till next year. I just kept saying that, kept saying that. Now you can't find them. Yeah. 
Not there's a Patterson ones now. Or yeah, there's patternless ones now. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, zero Mangicatas. They're in the States now. I think I've seen pictures of those a while ago. Yeah, they're cool. It's cool to see a completely patternless boa. Those Womas that they were talking about on Carpets and Coffee this morning that they were showing off, man. I've thought about Womas before, but kind of didn't want to deal with the whole, like, I'm going to eat you and you're not going to know about it until I'm doing it kind of thing. Just kind of turned me <laughs> off. <laughs> it's like I kind of – I don't want to have to, like, completely – like, with, with the Chondros and some of the other stuff that's that's, like, nasty and let me know it. Like, that's one thing. But the snake that's, like, cute and cuddly for 30 seconds, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to nose you, and then I'm going to wrap you, and I'm not going to let go. Like, that, I don't know. I get Vietnam flashbacks to the Brooks King I had as a kid. <laughs> I was about to say, it's just a big king snake. I freaking hate Brooks Kings now because of that damn snake. I just, I've never trusted one since. I don't, Dude, and I've never been bit by a Brooks King, whether it be captive or wild or anything. God. <clears throat> Now I'm taking a, I'm taking a lot of corn snake bites, but not from Brooks. Now what I do miss is the Apalachicolas, and I want to get another pair of babies and watch them transition. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? That could be fun. What is Brandon getting? Yeah, are we doing show and tell? Are we at that point in the show? <laughs> Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> Jeff says his male olive will 100% always bite. <laughs> Look at Brandon's hands in the air. <laughs> I am pissed off halfway Madagascar Giants. Don't bite me, asshole. I call these shit helicopters because they'll just fling their tail and poop everywhere. And <laughs> oh, my God. Look at that little booger. That's gorgeous, man. That's super pretty. Yeah, they're super cool. These ones have a lot more co uh, coloration early on than my ones of last year. They're pretty dark. So, I love how once you got him in your hand, he's like, "Oh, you got me! I'll stop fighting now." Yeah, <laughs> fun's over. Fun's over. Oh yeah, look at that. What I'm interested in with those is how, I mean, if they're at all, you know, related to the like the heterodon we have here in the states, like, and how they're far not. removed they are. They're not. Yeah. They're not related at all. They're just called hog noses because of their face. Because they have the hog nose, though. Yeah. They, they use it primarily to dig in sand to mm -hmm. find the porous eggs. Yeah, they're super cool. They, they usually have this pink neck for a while when they're, when they're young. It's hard to see, but yeah. They have a pink neck all the way coming down, probably to about there. And that stays until they're pretty much adults, and then it kind of clears up on most of them. Yeah, I think they're they're as close to our hog nose as they are to like orthodium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're super cool. Definitely That's awesome. You're working with them. Yeah, not many people are. I know, like maybe five people in the states that produced them this year. So. Mm -hmm. And 
I believe I was the only person in Canada this year to breed the Giants. So. Cool. It's so cool to see the hobby like going down that route of like trying to figure out lesser known species and harder to keep species. Yeah. I think it's it's only gonna get better, man. Like I really think we're we're seeing a transition where people are kind of wanting to explore more than just you know the things that we've all come to know and have already figured out. I think it also has to do with the people are realizing that you can also have a particular type of husbandry and it be aesthetically pleasing and therefore it's almost a second aspect of the hobby in itself. I think that is appealing as well. I mean, we've talked about that countless times, you know, racks or cages. That's not even, that's not even what I'm talking about. Like, I'm trying to formulate my words, excuse me. The the aesthetics of the enclosure have allowed people to say, okay, I don't need to necessarily have a species that I play with. I can have that 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 species that is reclusive and happy in its enclosure and still have the aesthetics. Yeah. It's half of my collection. <clears throat> there you go. That sucks. That is a nasty bunny. Yeah. Bill yeah. said, unrelated to all these snake nerd bites, but my wife took a shot from the female Argus tonight, bled nicely. So, for those of you not watching live but are listening to the audio version, how big of an Argus? Please. I don't think it really matters. No, it's suck, yeah. suck at any size. <laughs> yeah, suck at any size. Look Damn. at that. Look at that. That is a cool snake. Yeah, this is my male giant. He's produced all my clutches so far. It's so big. The pattern on that thing is incredible. Yeah, the coloration is really incredible, too. And I find it it's very variable, so uh, I'm not sure if there's locales on the island of the Giants because they cover everything but the southwest corner of Madagascar. So I talked to some herpetologists, and they were like, we think there are, but there's nothing to back up that claim. So, And my males are twice the size of my females. Like during uh, cooling last year, my male was 1,800 grams, and my female was 800 grams. Wow. So it's a big difference. Yeah, that's crazy. There's no cannibalisticness to be yep. had. Wow. Nope. Well, I house them communally year round, which is usually a big no no for most snakes. But right. Yeah, like I say, uh, Riley said that he actually thinks they do better when they have when they're cohabbed. Like they yeah, they I eat so better. Too. They overall just do better when they have another one in there. It's interesting. Yeah, and they don't eat snakes at all in the wild. Even other snakes. No. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. So, they eat everything else, though. Yeah, dude, that belly is just crazy. Yeah, yeah I like I like the gold coloration on them, and some of them it's more pronounced. I have a buddy who has a captive bred from Chris Stinson, and it's like pretty much orange from the head down. I've been trying to buy that one from him for the last couple of years. He doesn't want to sell it to me yet. He's going to stay on, man. You guys yeah. want to see Baby Boyga? Always. Yeah. Before you put that thing away, um, <laughs> is there a 
I don't want to say sexual dimorphism between the male and the female, but like, is it a more pronounced tail or like a broader tail or are they pretty much uniform in their physiology? Uh, it's kind of uniform, but I do notice some facial features that are different. So I okay. notice some of them have uh, more wider faces and some have narrower snouts. Is that so, something that you can see on a neonate or no? Yeah, I've noticed that on hatchlings more than I have on adults. So okay. I'm, I'm not sure if that's something that changes over time, but it's something that I'm trying to keep track of and find if that's has consistencies. So. Very cool. Have you like taken calipers to like the broad section of the head or no? No, not yet. Okay. So that's a good idea. I didn't even think that. Yeah, like I mean that if I would never think to do that, but if you noticed it, like that's something I would be like, well, crap, man, I'm seeing it. The heads are different. Let me. You know. Yeah, I, I notice like some of the facial scales will be a little bit different too, and then the snouts will be wider. And, mm. So, I'm trying to do this quiet. And sometimes I notice that the snouts are shorter too on some of the hatchlings. So I'm not sure if that's just a genetic thing or what's going on. Do the um? I know like some of the other species that have like I want to say subterranean or like more fossorial stuff. Like the rostral scales are. Pretty much almost adult size as they mature. Uh, do you notice like any facial scalation increase in size because of maturity? Or? Um, not that I've noticed yet. Everything's pretty much the same. It seems so. They don't. This is my female shoes. Yeah, I can see that butt's wide open. <laughs> yeah, look at her too, man. So much darker. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of color variation, and I like that about them. So. The pattern kind of stays the same, but the colors change. The bellies are different, too. I noticed some of them are slightly different hues to them. Mm -hmm. so. Is she got a meal in her, or is she just oh, because you're playing with her? Uh, she's just... I fed her like two weeks ago, so oh, okay. I feed them kind of every two weeks-ish, kind of when I remember. Mm -hmm. I'll be feeding them probably this week coming up their last meals, and then I'll be cooling them in January. Nice. Oh, baby boy Look at that little bug-eyed alien. That's awesome, man. It's stupid cute. Yeah, Brian, make sure you still have your correct number of animals in that cage. <laughs> oh, Love those hooks. The neonate hook from Specialty Enclosure Designs. Those things work great on the hatchling facility notice. Dude, they're, they're awesome. This is like the slightly longer model. Yeah, I uh, I realized how awesome that hook was when I had some small Grima stuff, and I took some really really great pictures. And Brahms informed me that that is not the designation for that hook. I should not be posting those pictures. <laughs> Action shot! Look yeah, at that. We are very. I'm not even doing anything. We're very fired up. <laughs> Does it just see our heads? And it's, is that what it is? No, I think it sees a reflection of the camera. Oh, okay. Dude, throw a mouse tail in front of it, see what happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> I 
I got a male speckles that's a wild caught, and I think he might possibly be hypo because he looks totally different than my other ones. Really? Yeah. Just pulling up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I can't say I've proven it. So, uh, any of the Malagasy's. See, going back to the Cohaven thing. Yeah. That's what. That's the advice I've been given for the Matthias. Just Cohaven them, and I should get multiple clutches for a year. But I'm honestly, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I'm a little nervous to put them together. Henry, who's supposed to check their meth meter? Says Justin. Oh, there. Okay. <clears throat> wow, look at that belly. <clears throat> so in these guys, the females are bigger than the males, unlike the giants. So. This is the wild cut female. She's pretty, pretty That's uniformly pretty. brown. Yeah, they're, they're super cool. Patterns just insane. And like, I love how like stiff they are in the front. Just like watching everything that's going on. You know, they almost have that agernia look to them. They have like that agernia head. And these guys hit up too, like the giants, but it's it's not nearly as wide. Is it more is it more long along the neck or no? No, it's very short and stout. Right behind the head, yeah. And this is that possibly hypo male. So you can see the color differential. Oh yeah. It's so much lighter. Just, very light. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'm interested to see what happens with him yeah. if he produces for me. So when you first pulled them out, they looked very uniform, but now that you're holding them like the way you are right now, with I guess it's the lighting in the room or whatever, you can clearly see the color difference. Oh, yeah. Super light. Yeah, they're super cool. And I noticed they have uh, different snout shapes to them, too. Like uh, the female, it's hard to see there, but she has a kind of a more higher ridge on her snout. Mm -hmm. And then he doesn't have that high ridge on his Yeah, snout, so. more, way more blunt. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I notice all these slight differences in facial features and stuff. So Randy wanted to know what perch this was. This is one of the fishbone perches from Bronze. One of the newer newer models. Justin, that perch, can you do it upside down as well as right side up? Or no? Um, not really. Okay. Look, Phil, here's your boy. <clears throat> there he is. He ate today. That's why there's a big old blood stain on the uh, on the pad there. Nice. It looks good. Yeah, Billy. Follow the trend and pull something out. <laughs> What do you guys want? I've pulled out everything cool on the show before. Bird snakes. I want those. Yeah, you really should pull out the birds. All right. I'll do the, the baby one because she's easier to get to. So the lights are off. I, I want to import some of those eventually. And dude, Brandon, man, like his birds are so different. 
And even though they're all the same style, yeah, there's each one is so different, man. I know. I, I was been talking to Jason Hood and uh, Palm Beach Color Grids about them, and yeah, just getting as much information and seeing how much it's gonna cost me to import at least a pair, maybe two. Mm -hmm. And it's not gonna be cheap because <laughs> our maple syrup dollars aren't worth as much as your bald eagles. So. <laughs> Maple syrup tastes so much better though. <laughs> What's it at right now? Was it like a buck sixty? Uh, I think it's a little bit better now. I think it's like a dollar thirty-five. Oh, okay. So it was it wasn't really too bad, but cool. <clears throat> yeah, man, those birds are just super dynamic. Oh, look at it! Look at them! Oh yeah! Yeah. How big do they get as adults? Uh, five to six. That's not overly terrible. No, she's got a lot of red on her right now. Yeah. But what's cool about them is that they go from uh, this color, so they mimic uh, the brown phase of the eyelash vipers. And then they, when they get a little bigger, they turn like brown, like a branch. And then, like six months later, they'll turn into their adult colors, whatever they'll end up being. That's super cool. So, from what Jason was telling me, they're one of the most variable snakes in the world. So you really don't know what they're going to turn out to be until they're they're adults. Even if you have the parents, it doesn't it doesn't really tell you what they'll be. Awesome, man. That's kind of the other cool thing is. The other cool thing is that as adults, the uh, the males, when they're mature, will have keeled scales on their backs and the females won't. So you can sex them just by looking at them. Really? That's cool. And is it just like the, you know, uh, dorsal like spine or no? Uh, I want to say it's like a row or two on either side of the spine. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Uh, I know the lighting's not great, but oh, there's a lot more people. The hues. Yeah, there's a lot more people working with them and uh, having success with them. So yeah, and they're not super expensive either. No, they're not bad at all. They're cool, and I mean, you're seeing how chill she is. She's not being. Crazy. She's not uh, posturing or anything. She's just chilling. Yeah. The uh, it's funny, man. You know, when I go to Billy's house, he lets me feed them, and dude, watching them eat is like uh, I, I can't even describe it. You basically they they don't want to be fed, and then finally they get a taste of it, and they just go ham on it like savage. It's crazy. <laughs> That sounds yeah. like something I need in my collection. It, it is, man. And, like, you know, Billy has the really cool feeding cart that he uses with all the supplies and everything on it. So he'll put <laughs> the shoebox on the cart, you know, or the drawer or the tub or whatever on the cart and then go to tweezer feed. And the thing will be, like, hanging off the side of the cart by, like, the tip of its tail, just swallowing the prey item vertical like an emerald. It's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of theatrics involved. Oh, yeah. That's a great one for it, theatrics. Their head structure just looks so cool, too. 
and like that yeah. relaxed, you know. Yeah. Hockey. So when they get when they get upset or they get defensive, they'll uh, they'll flatten their head out, and it's you want to say maybe it's double what it is right now, Phil. Be comfortable saying that. Yeah, I would say double. I would say no. You know what? I would say the the it almost is um. I don't want to say like uh like an F fourteen fighter jet when the wings open up. Yeah. You know, and like the length of the head almost appears to be more blunt because the jaws have extended outwards. The mandibles have kind of kicked out the sides. Yeah, right where it connects to the neck, they just, it bows out and they just completely flatten out. It's really cool. It's super, that is really cool. Dude, they have like the best eyes. They have like boom slang eyes, man. Of course, she doesn't want to cooperate. Oh, look at that little spunky guy. Is that good enough for you, Billy? Call me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put her up. She's being good. Justin, what's in your hand? Did you get bit? No, it was one of my uh, one of the Mexican birds. No, no, no. On the top of your hand. What? What, what is oh, that? Oh, that was from uh, a cat. Oh. From Hector. Savage little kitten. Yeah, maybe a little further. There's some yellow starting to creep in on this one. Starting to change. Nice. Sweet. Nice shirt, Billy, by the way. Nice hoodie, Justin, too. I didn't realize you were wearing that. Billy, you going to pull out the... Uh, uh, Spilotis. For those of you wondering, I am outside, and it is chilly, and my neighbors are outside, so I will not be pulling out. Anything. I pull out the sub up, but he just needs. This is my 2019 um, wild caught Madagascar hog nose. All my other ones are 2015s and 17s. Did you see the 2019? Yeah. Dude, that thing is huge. Yikes. That's awesome. Yeah. And you might be able to see it better, but yeah, the pink on his neck. Cooperate. Oh, do they hatch out at like 200 grams? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're pretty close to 80, some of them. Really? Wow. Yeah, like they're 12 inches when they hatch out. They're big. Uh, my buddy, he breeds Wilmas and the hawk noses, and he said they were bigger than his Wilmas when they hatch out. Wow. So they're, they're pretty big snakes. That's nuts. Yeah, this guy's super cool. He's he's got some really nice gold coloration to him. The lighting's not the best, but very cool. I love it has like almost two rows of geometric rectangles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're super cool. And they do this weird thing, all my uh, giants, is they get really bubbly around here. Mm. And uh, I asked a herpetologist what that might be, and he thinks it's gas. Really? Yeah, so they get all these like bubbles around it, and I was like, 
what's going on? Because I noticed it over time in all of them, and yeah, he thinks it's gas filled up, and then they fart. I was gonna, I was literally just about to ask you, like, have you witnessed it past gas, like when you're handling them or whatever? Yeah, they farted on me a few times, and it smells That's terrible. Pretty interesting. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I'm sure I've seen specimens in my collection, like. Like, I don't want to say cloaca flex, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, I can't say that I've ever witnessed them actually pass gas. That's very interesting. Yeah. Justin, is that is that King? What is that? That's one of the Texas bears. Oh, okay. Dude, look how light that is. Yeah, I know. That's why I picked out um, the two that I have. From Daytona, well, I have the Mexican pair and I have the Texas pair. Uh, this Texas pair is really interesting because the pattern is like super reduced. So, interested to see what comes of it. Damn, Billy, look at that khaki snake. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff gets what he requests, right? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep Jeff happy. God bless him. Dude, I love that. Look at the yellow in his neck. Ugh. I, I'll be honest, I wish it wasn't cold out right now. Otherwise, I would pull stuff out. Like, look at all those freckles, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Dude, it looks like ATAX camo. Like, uh, what is it? ATACS? Yeah, ATAX. Like that ATAX military digital camo. Yeah. And what's crazy, Phil, you've seen all mine, mm -hmm. is like all of my animals are quote unquote Timor animals. Right. And the variability between them all is surprisingly like none of them look the same. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean they, they all look like Max, but they are all each individual specimen is completely different. And I'll tell you this, of all the Max that I've seen over the years, Billy's are the only ones that I would feel comfortable just like picking up. Because, like, dude, I've had some really bad max over the years in terms of defensiveness. Just for you, Jeff. Yeah, there, um, Kiana has one, and it's mean. <laughs> it's great. <I> love it. <laughs> She's like, do you want to pick it up? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I have six of them, and they seem to, once they hit a certain size, they just get this confidence to them, kind of like carpets do. And I, I also don't handle like like an asshole either, you know. I think that has a lot to do with it. Because some people just kind of, whenever they handle animals, they're pretty rough, and they like boa guys and ball guys. Nothing against them, but if you watch them handle, sometimes it shows. You're like, good lord, now, what, are you, what are you doing to the poor, the poor animal? Yeah. So I've had luck with that. I have F1. I have an F1. I have uh, long-term captive, captive bred ones. They're they're all pretty chill. Thankfully, yeah. now that I say that. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for my giant projects in the future because now I got three males for all my three adult females, so I can have all separate bloodlines. So. That's awesome, man. 
that's that's really cool that you're working that project so good yeah i, I want to keep everything uh, as separate as possible like i only held one hold back from each clutch um so i don't want to keep too many back and breed siblings to siblings and parents to siblings and stuff like that so i want to try to keep it as separate as possible just for the longevity of the species have you just have you done any or talked about doing any uh, baby swapping with some of the other guys that are hopefully producing them and not by you? I have bought a baby from my buddy who's produced some, um, and he doesn't have any more. He sold his adult pair and he's kept his F1s and he's raising okay. them up so that he can do F2s. So I'll probably buy a pair off of him off of those eventually. Cool. There's some people out in Ontario, uh, like one guy that I'm buying the uh speckles from so he's got some giants so i might sell him some hatchlings and we might just swap back and forth so right just on. the bloodlines as wide open as possible yeah very I mean, few people it is still good that you are getting some import stuff so if you ever had to just throw something in there you know yeah you know. yeah i'm getting more speckles hopefully in the new year when they should be coming so so how many hogs you got in total uh, ballpark 15. Nice, oh, it's a good that's a good number, man. Yeah, um, five of those is my hatchlings right now, I think. It is funny how we oftentimes don't count the hatchlings, yeah, especially stuff that we intend to, you know, let go or whatever. So, I always want to. Yeah, 17. Nice. Because I got two, uh, one that I produced last year, and then one that I bought from my buddy Brian, and they're in the vision rack behind me. So Cool, man. They're due for an upgrade from the V35s here shortly, so they'll be getting into the V70s. Nice. Billy boy. Yeah, sure. Can't get a good... I don't trust this guy. <laughs> Little quick hack for people too. Um, fuck. PVC caps, the cheapest hide ever. Super awesome. easy to cut. This is like a three inch cap, four inch cap, two inch cap. So you ever want cheap hides that are super easy to clean? Not aesthetically pleasing, but I buy the three-inch caps for my uh, cups, so that yeah. I fill them full of water, so they don't knock them over. I just glue them down to the bottom of the tub, or double-sided tape. Nice. I recently just bought a bunch of. Uh, I don't know who makes them. I want to say it's. They're either knockoffs of Reptile Basics or they are Reptile Basics. But they're the black plastic hides that are, they're not the tiny, tiny little ones, but they're probably like four inch by two and a half inch. Yeah. And they're super dense. Like you could throw it across the room and it won't crack. I just got like six of those because that's all the shop had. And I was like, I'll take them all. You know? And those things ran me like $9 in each, but it was so worth it because <laughs> I break those things left and right. Mike's asking if anybody took a hit on live yet. 
I could, I could take out my female blonde, <laughs> and I'm ninety percent sure she'll bite me. <laughs> you said get problem child out. Hell no. Damn Billy. Mm -mm -mm. Every every time I took that wild caught blonde out, and I've been on live, she's bit me. So my, my yes, co-host is clipped. I nod through it with my teeth. It doesn't look uh, like you took a bite out of it. <laughs> well, I cut Thomas. it with my Dremel saw thing. That isn't very, like, it's a big blade. So I was kind of limited on my precision. Doesn't matter. Gets the job done. It's just a hide. <laughs> Scott says, Hatchlings are counted by people who want to sound like they have heaps. <laughs> but I guess that is true to a certain degree. Yeah. But you know what, though? It's still mouths to feed, man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, it's still a head count when you do the rodent order. Yeah. So, yeah. And depending on how many you have it. Okay. Uh, before, before it uh, goes off, Thomas, I got two females I'm going to try this year with the MacBots. They're actually paired up right now. And Billy, what is crawling across your screen right now for those of us that are curious? This is one of the Jack Ponderos. Is that one of the ones from last year? No, these are 18s. I was going to say, I don't remember you having any that big. Well, you know what it is, Justin, is that 2020 is so fucked up that we didn't even realize that it's 2020. I've done that. <laughs> Those are those the ones that I saw the year before last? Yeah, these are the only ones I have. That's nuts. Those things were tiny when I saw them, dude. Yeah, I'm growing them up slow, too. The other 18s I have are, like, double this size as far as uh, not Jack Pondra's because I, I kind of treated them like green trees at first. And uh, about a year ago, I figured out I can pretty much treat them like carpets, like food-wise and stuff. He's, Scott he's not says, bad. Scott says rodent order question mark. <laughs> Mate, two dollars for a mouse here. You breed your own. Dot dot dot. I guess you would. I guess you. I'm, would. I'm too lazy. I just buy them. I, I breed. I breed my own, and I love it. I live in an apartment. I ain't breeding shit. Yeah, so I don't I've have enough space to do it or time. I'm make the best damn feeders in South Carolina. You do for me. Faraday King of the South. Faraday King of the South. My ASF supplier, he's like, why don't you just take a colony? I'm like, because I'm going to forget about them and they're just going to die off because I forgot to feed them. Yeah, so. I don't even know what ASFs go for in South Florida, man. Like, nobody has them down here. There's lots of people that have them up here. And, and for the amount of scrub. And for the amount of hatchlings that I have to feed, like spending five dollars a feeding is not going to break the bank. I don't know. I, I sleep easier at night because I know what's going in them. I control what's going in them. Yeah, I'm very picky about the people who I buy from, so I know what's going in them. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like if I need I a certain size, like cool, I got that. You know. I just imagine that my animals are eating junk in the wild because. I just imagine like the mouse or the rat that they just ate was feasting on someone's garbage. <laughs> they help the beer can in the background of the perp photo, you know? Yeah, exactly. I actually thought about it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put Natty Ice cans 
in all of my wiper cages, and that way they feel at home. That's genius. I actually, I think I want to figure out how to get, uh, ooh, send it to me. Oh. Dude, look at that thing, man. Damn. I'm good. Thomas, yeah, if I have enough, like, I'll, like, I know Jake will need some, um, but I don't, I don't plan on, like, shipping or anything like that, just because dealing with dry ice and shipping and stuff is apparently a, a thing, like. And yes, Mike, Premier Al's things do eat French fries in the Walmart parking lot. And now, Billy, that's just straight jag to uh, Jaguar. This is a sibling to the other one. This is the Carpondro, so there's no jag in this one. Wow, dude! The pairing, the pairing was a uh, a Jaguar carpet to a Sorong female. Okay. So wrong with air quotes. I I mean, I can't say for sure. I mean, just as much as anyone can say for sure. Right. <laughs> that, that was funny. <laughs> that got me to chuckle, too. No snake's just watching you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. On the laptop, Billy? Yeah. I figure you guys can get a decent look at the pattern and stuff. Oh, yeah. Dude, that belly is just intense, bro. Dude, those things have gotten crazy big, man. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe not next year, but the the year after that. What do you got there, B? Or More hog noses. <laughs> that's that's nice. majority of my collection. This is one that my buddy Ryan produced. Checkerboard as hell, man. Look at that. Yeah. That's great looking. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, Dude, this dots down the side. Yeah, this one's got some really nice head coloring on it. My camera might not pick it up, but and it's a little bit, color a little bit lighter. on the tongues are always awesome. Yeah, they kind of got like a black tip, and then it's the rest of it's pink. Yeah. So, yeah, they're they're super cool. Hatchlings are like little firecrackers. They just hood up and then just bite everything but food. So, and and then they get to be like a year, year and a half old, and then they chill out. Now, with your babies, do you just start with like a live fuzzy? Yeah. Yeah, just live fuzzy, leave it overnight? Oh, uh, no, I've been having to assist feed them or else oh, they don't really? eat. So, yeah, I have to like prop their mouth open with the head of it, and then they're like, oh, this is food. So. Mm -hmm. I don't think I found the right food to peak that food response, but it, right. it seems to be working so well. Billy, far. go and get bit on the titty. Is that a coastal? Yeah, a coastal example. Great looking. Look at that line on the side. That's a Billy Snake fiber sandwich. I like how anything with a. A strike for a while there, Justin and Jake. Every snake they saw for sale or carpet with any type of striping they sent me. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff says he loves this show because of the show and tell, which I agree wholeheartedly. You know, that, I think that's one of the best perks of doing the show live and doing it on camera is that we can have show and tell and you know talk about the different nuances and whatnot. I love it. 
Yeah, and seeing what everybody else keeps. Oh, yeah. Well, we can't do alcohol and aquatics anymore. <laughs> Boss man shut that down. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Ernie has two has green trees going this year, and I do, hopefully. You know who doesn't have green trees going this year? This guy. I have a pair together right now. We're going to trade babies? We can. Actually, uh, the more I play with that jag that I got from Billy and attempt to not get bit, um, the more I think about how I'm, I won't be that guy and I won't get a chondro just to breed it for the jag. But I feel like by the time that that thing is old enough to breed, I kind of was thinking of doing like crazy high contrast jungle or ocelot. Yeah, why not? I think that would be super cool. And it wouldn't piss off all of my friends. Damn it, Mike. You just jinxed it. Since CenturyLink has been too reliable oh as Mike, of late. Why like would now... you do that? No. You just put the link <sighs> on us. You just started pulling stuff out. Look at that gorgeous hog nose brand's got. Yeah, this is one yeah. that I produced last year. Dude, so dark. Look at that. Yeah, this one's a lot darker. And it doesn't have the red neck like most some of them, so I'm not, not sure why they... it's not American. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was good. That was. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very interesting with the difference in variations in the face structure and the coloration on the neck. And so many different colors, too, and the, how much yellow and gold kind of pops out of them. So. Nice. Those are neat. Giant hognose king of the north. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, I, I think I have thing. some of the most collection of hognoses that I know of, anyway. So. The only thing you're missing is bear tracks, man. I don't think those are legal. How? Because we got really strict laws. Really? Can't even keep a. Texas rat snake? I'd have to double check, but yeah, we can't keep a lot of them, a lot of stuff. Man, like this year I'm only going to have a pair going, but next year it's on with Bairds. Like not this upcoming year, but the year after that. Oh, Java. Put your finger in front of it, dude. No. Come on. <laughs> We're supposed to be friends. I want to see what happens. Oh, look at that amphib. I think that may, is that the first amphibian that's ever been on the show? Yeah. I think it is. It looks like he has a cigar in his mouth when he's eating the pellets. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Stomachs with legs. I kind of wish with the hog noses that we could get reptilinks and all those kind of scenting things up here, but we can't. I haven't tried them yet. They're just, they're so expensive. Man. It's like, I'm going to, those are kind of a last resort thing for me. I will always have the, the scenting products from them because they help get uh, some of those Jack Bondras going. Thomas said he'll buy half my beards. Look at that. Man. That's such a cool Jack, man. Dude, I'm so happy with the snake, like, for realsies. 
like, like just the tan on tan, like khaki on beige, and just love it. I love how that margin's broken a little right there. Yeah, I love his color, man. I know Dude. everybody likes the super bright Jags, but I really like his color. Yeah, like if he stayed like this forever, I would be smitten. He won't. Thanks, you chinks. What's <laughs> your... Uh, to Bill's comment, strict laws in general or strict laws in relation to U.S. stuff. It's strict laws in general, so like we can't have large monitors, uh, large snakes, crocodilians of any sort. Because right, um, they'll all survive up there. In the yeah, water. we can't have a lot of rear fang stuff. Can't have any venomous at all. Um, and so we have an act called the Alberta Wildlife Regulation Act, and it covers a lot of stuff. It goes by family and genus. So it's very specific. And then there's a bunch of towns that are deciding, we're going to put laws in place. So one town north of here, they decided to ban all boas and pythons. That's what happened to Chris. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and they passed it within 28 days. So it was a really fast change um, versus some how some of the other stuff has been going on where it takes a little bit longer. So with the Herp Society, we're looking into getting a lawyer and see if we can change it. Good for you guys. Do you guys have like a US ARC? Or I guess it would be a CA ARC, but like uh, we had uh, we had can hurt, but they kind of like took a bunch of money and then disappeared. No. So it's there's only three nonprofit um, herb societies in Canada that I'm aware of right now. So I am vice president of the one here in Al uh, one of the two here in Alberta. So we're doing what we can. It's all you can do, man. We've been in contact with a lot of these municipalities, and a lot of them aren't even aware that they. Uh, the Alberta government has this regulation in place. So it's very interesting that all these people make all these laws in our province and um, they don't know that the government already has stuff in place. And to answer Bill's next question, and that's just for my province. Every province has their own legislation. BC has a Controlled Alien Species Act. And uh, Saskatchewan has an act where you can't have boas or pythons, but you can have an alligator. Um, Manitoba is just like free range unless it's controlled by municipalities. Um, Ontario is the same way. It's no provincial laws. It's just municipal. But that's changing with Bill 136, which I have been in contact with some of the people who've been dealing with that too. So it's very vague right now, so they can do whatever. I've heard that they've been getting businesses to get rid of racks in order for caging. You're kidding. I'm, I'm not kidding. That's what I've heard. And it seems like it's happening more and more often. It's nuts, man. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of uneducated people making laws and stuff that they, they're just going off by all these animal rights activist people because they have money and they're organized and that's kind of what a problem I see is with the hobbies. We're, we're always at each other's throats, unfortunately. Yeah. Sounds like Florida. Yeah, right? Sounds just yeah. like Florida. Yeah, well, we should be banding together and or being organized and prepared for stuff like this. Game line. Bill, I only have that one Pac-Man, just the ornate. I wouldn't mind a pixie. 
There's there's some weird laws in Newfoundland where you can't own a king snake, but you can have a baboon. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. No. Really, that's one of yours from this year? No, this is oh, one of the ones from Casey. Oh, okay. The red line. Oh, look at that. It is. Dude, that's how crazy that stripe is. I thought it was one of yours. Oh, man. I really dig. I can show it. Like this melting yeah. pattern. That's really cool. Mochaccino. Dude, it looks like like a, a an estuary from like a bird's eye view from like a helicopter or something. Yeah, and then like the stripe Ooh, is I mean, the stripe's almost perfect. That's awesome. And they're possible head stone wash, so I don't know if that has anything to do with the pattern or not. Dude, I think it's going to look so good in like another year or two. Shit, they look good now. I mean, yeah, they look good now. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I got to get out of here before the wife gets yeah, me. It's, uh, yeah, it's getting to be that time. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad you joined in, man. We love yeah, that. Thanks. thanks for having yeah, me on. for sure. The, uh, it's always nice to uh, have friends across the uh, across the border. I guess we'll call it. Yeah, north north across of the border. Across the tree line. Across the tree line. The tree line or the s snow wall, whatever you want to call it. The, the, the snow fence. Yeah, the snow fence. <laughs> the snow fence. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm glad you got on. I'm glad yeah. you got on, man. It's good shit. I think this is the first time you and I have been face to face, and it's cool, man. I like it. Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, that's a great idea, Bill. I should probably give them a call and see if they got any tips and stuff for us. Because I've been kind of spearheading the whole legislation for bylaws kind of on my own. I was the first one to take it on, start making phone calls and finding out the information from the towns and stuff specifically instead of just people spewing off random stuff that they weren't 100% sure on. So, yeah. Somebody's got to do it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Keeps me busy with the society, my podcast that we do, <laughs> everything else in between. Yeah, which where if people want to check that out, where can they we're gonna find you, you can find us on any podcasting platform. Just look up Canadian Herpiculture Podcast. Uh, we're doing bi weekly episodes, so our next one comes out this weekend, which is with Travis Wyman. Oh sorry. Nice. 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 The man. Yeah, so Doctor T. Yeah, we're pretty pumped about that one. We went over genetics and stuff like that and some oddball color breeds and all that kind of cool stuff. So it's a great episode. I learned a lot that I didn't know before because with my hog noses, I didn't really get to behind the, the genetics types of things. So. Do that happens every time you talk to Travis. <laughs> yeah. Every it, yeah. It's yeah. dangerous. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and we do live streams too on YouTube and our Facebook, so. And we got a Facebook group too. It's called Only Hemi Fiends. So nice. people can join that. We're, we're <laughs> no, thinking about getting stickers made up. I'm so. getting ready that tonight. I'm sliding those DMs, baby. And then we, we also got some stickers that we got samples of. So Awesome. Because our uh, slogan is Grab Life by the Hemi Fiends. 
That's fantastic. Like Brandon, we need to talk again, and I got to get you some stuff. That's right. We were talking about stickers a little while ago. Yeah. I got to get more printed off of these ones. So one of these days, I'm going to get around to it. So yeah, find us on your favorite podcasting platform. Check us out on YouTube. Join only Hemi Beans. I'm doing that tonight. Legit. The, the banner is great because it looks like OnlyFans. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it took me a little while to decide it, but it's hilarious. <laughs> me and Canada were joking about it that we we're going to start an OnlyFans page, but it's only going to be only Hemi Peens, a bunch of snake dicks. <laughs> so. Whatever sells. That's right. Someone will be very confused when they open that up. Like, this is not what I ordered. Right. It would be hilarious to have, though. <laughs> Look at the size of that one. Why is there two of them? I don't get this. <laughs> well, I guess Billy just couldn't stand to say goodbye. So. No, his internet cocked out. He froze out. Yeah. All right. Well, uh... Everyone needs to go and follow Puget Sound Pythons, Jeff and Kendra. PSP. Two awesome people. The uh, best. Thomas, snakes do not pay for themselves. Oh, look at this. Look who decided to show. He's back. I blame uh, Mike. My connection went. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I told you. Mike put the Moloik on us tonight. We, we know that you're not that guy to do an Irish exit. No, no way. Well, we were just saying goodbye, so. Yeah. You were saying oh. goodbye. You came just in time for us to Oh, yeah. Leave. I also have another one. You can follow me on Ectotherm Creations is where I post all my hognoses. I finally decided to create a page. So. Excellent. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Right on. I post more on Instagram. Yeah, man. Instagram's I better. Like yeah. I like Instagram better, yeah. Well, boys, it was. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching and enjoying our babble. That's right. We'll see don't, you all later. Don't forget to grab life by the heavy beans. Grab yeah. life by the heavy beans. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Two hand them. <laughs> oh, God. Double fisted. No one like a cow. <laughs> Cross country skiing, the Canadian one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now we really gotta go. All right, goodbye. <laughs> Later.